0: This is the Advanced Selling Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help business sales teams grow their business with modern strategies and philosophies. Now your hosts, Bill Kaskey and Brian Neal. Well, welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast. These are are really trying times here at the Advanced Selling Podcast because we're trying out some new equipment today, and hopefully uh, you will get a... uh, uh, a very good uh, deliverable product today. Good morning, Brian.
1: I can't, good morning. Is it morning?
0: Mm-hmm. Good afternoon.
1: I'm I it's lunchtime. Yeah, this is great. Uh, we're in new digs. We're in a new room in our office here, and it's nice because I don't have to look at you. <laughs>
0: I'm facing very away, nice, very nice. Is that all? <laughs> Enjoy that. The, the whatnot comment that, that we made a couple. No, of you know we've never. got so many emails on that. Uh, the whatnot comment.
1: Speaking of, you have to be careful when I'm gone because the last podcast I was in England at a client, and you and Brooke talked about me, and you didn't think I'd download and listen, but I did. <laughs> I heard you guys. I heard you talking about <laughs> me. So just remember that I'm a subscriber too. I didn't think you listened I listen to, this, to my right? own stuff. Absolutely. Very good.
0: Well, this is um, an episode that we're going to talk a little bit about sales leadership, and we're going to talk about it from the, from the manager standpoint. So I know many of our listeners are sales professionals and account executives, and I think you'll get something out of this, but we're going to focus a little bit more today on the sales manager, the VP of sales, what we'll call the sales leader. And we're talking with uh, one of our friends and uh, someone who's been on our show before and a good, a good colleague of ours, Kevin Eikenberry. Good afternoon, Kevin.
2: Uh, good afternoon, Welcome. I'm glad to be with you
1: guys Well good Kevin holds the record, doesn't he? for our, Two uh, Two records? Mm-hmm. Well, for one our, record, two times Yeah, most downloaded podcast Last time we had Kevin on was our most downloaded episode So we're expecting to break multiple records now, Kevin Because you're world famous now that you have a new book, right?
2: Well, I love that, and you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll see if we can send some more people your way.
0: That would be good, and likewise, Kevin just uh, published a book, or actually, John Wiley and Sons published it, but it's called Remarkable Leadership: Unleashing Your Leadership Potential One Skill at a Time. First off, this is an amazing book. I congratulate you. This this is not an easy undertaking, and I'm sure it took you all of 30 to 45 days to write this thing.
2: <laughs> well, you're closer to being accurate than you than you realize. Uh, I got the contract and and delivered a third of it a month later and delivered the rest of it three months after that. Oh, Holy well, cow, that's very good. Days. I heard
1: someone say the movie writer said it takes him uh, 45 seconds to write the movie in his head and then takes him about six months to put it on paper. So <laughs>
0: That's
1: true. Tell us a little bit about uh, why you wrote the book. I know that you have been training and coaching
0: uh, leaders, not just sales leaders, but leaders throughout the co- uh, company. And Tell me a little bit about what prompted you to finally write and put some of your thoughts in writing.
2: Well, what prompted me to write this particular book is the fact that, you know, in the work that we do all day long with clients all around North America, uh, we find that one of the biggest challenges that they face is how do we come, become more productive? How do we help each other succeed? How do we do these sorts of things? And that all comes down to leadership. That, uh, if we can, if we can create more effective leadership, if we can help people in leadership roles become more effective, if we can help people who aren't, who don't have the title of leader, uh, exhibit some of these skills, we're going to leverage our success much more rapidly in organizations. So um, I, I wrote the book for that reason, and I wrote the book because it's, it's very much related to uh, the major focus of our business, which is learning, and how do we, how do we help organizations and teams learn, and, and leaders need to model that, and leaders need to do that.
1: Something that comes up a lot in the sales function, and for our listeners, there are probably some salespeople who have been promoted to sales manager Uh, or someone who worked for for someone like this. But oftentimes in the sales world, the number one salesperson is the one that gets promoted to sales manager. And we find that that is rarely a good thing because the skills don't match. When you think about functional or line-type managerial people or or line-type workers being promoted to leadership, what are some of the mistakes that occur when someone moves from a producer to that manager role, and then how do they keep from um, happening in the future?
2: Sure. A couple things. First of all, that's true, in more. That's very true in sales. Has been my experience as well. It's true in other areas as well. The best staff accountant becomes the, you know, becomes the accounting lead, and all these sorts of things. It's really across the board, and that's because uh, senior leaders or people higher up say, well, uh, this is our best person, so we need to produce, promote them. Uh, you, you know, if you're that person and you've been promoted to a new job, the first thing you've got to recognize is that your job is now different. And so the, the sands have shifted and you need, to, you need to think differently about your work. The biggest, the biggest challenge that people that have in this situation face, I believe, is that suddenly they're being asked to do things that aren't the things that got them promoted, that got them recognition, that got them successful to start with. Mm-hmm. And so we all tend to go back to the things that we know that we're comfortable with and that have been successful for us in the past. So the biggest challenge of all is when someone's given that job as sales leader, sales manager, and still has a few accounts. Because what we end up doing then is saying, Well, I have my real job, which is sales yeah. and then I have this other thing called leading people and I'm more comfortable with the being a salesperson part, so I spend all my time there. Unfortunately, that's not the thing the that doing. that's not the skill the organization needs. So the first thing we've got to do is we've got to change our focus and recognize that we need a different focus moving forward if we're in that leadership role.
0: Boy, that that is so true. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, many of the small companies that we see, they do, uh, the sales manager does share duties. They're, They're both a producer and they're a manager. And it's not only that they don't get, they spend all their time producing because that's what they're comfortable with. It's that they look through the management uh, prism. They, they shoot that through the same prism they do salesperson. And so they are really in a, in a role of how do we get this deal? And that really shouldn't be their role to me. It should be about how do I grow this salesperson in front of me and how do I make him or her, um, you know, sort of um, being able to make it on their own. And, and, but yet I, I see a lot of times everything gets down to the deal and to the customer. And that really, I don't see that as the role of the sales manager.
2: Well, and and that sales manager has been promoted, as we said, because they're good. And so what they do then is they want to go in and save the day, make sure they get the sale, go back and help that help that other person get the sale, do the, get the production. But they're not doing it, as you said, in a way that that's building the skills of that other producer. But it's just reinforcing what the white knight sales manager can already do.
1: Right. Right. Mm-hmm question that comes up a lot, too, for us, uh, and I was just over the weekend with a friend of mine who, who, who manages a very large uh, healthcare business, uh, a little over a billion dollars worth of business, and I asked him this question, and it's funny because he couldn't really answer the answer, which was an, an effective leader, how much time should an effective leader spend on the people side of the business, and how much time should they spend on the business side of the business?
2: That's a great question. <laughs> I think that I don't know if I can give you a split as much as I can answer it this way. And that is that in almost every case, people aren't spending enough time on the people side of the business. Uh Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's very situational. There's going to be times when, you know, the focus needs to be on one or the other more so for any number of reasons. But I think as a general statement, most organizations and most leaders don't spend an inordinate amount of time on the business or the technical side of their role as opposed to the leadership or uh, people side of their role.
0: So, so let's talk about uh, from the sales management standpoint, sales leader standpoint, what are a couple of skills that, and, and, and let's get into some tactics here, the two or three things that you would recommend uh, that a sales manager do with their team to improve and to make them a remarkable leader? What, what are a two or three things that you would, you would say, man, if you, don't, if you don't do anything else in the next week, start working on these two or three skills?
2: Well, I don't know, we could go any number of places, but I'll just start with the first thing that came to my mind as you were talking. A lot of times in organizations you get a sales team together at the beginning of the week and we talk about the successes and we talk about the deals we got and we talk about the production and we talk about the plan for the next week. We never talk about the mistakes we made. In fact, we want to hide the mistakes we made. And, and I believe as remarkable leaders, as, a, as an effective leader, when, when we have people in our, in our organization who are scared or unwilling to talk about what went wrong, that we're robbing the organization of intellectual property. Because if if people are willing to share what went wrong and what mistakes were made, as long as those mistakes were made honestly and were made in the service of the organizational goals, then why wouldn't we want to share share that knowledge with each other? Why wouldn't we want to make sure that everyone knows let's not do that or here's what we would do differently next time? And so I think one of the things is we've got to learn to celebrate mistakes and make it okay to do that. Because I think often in all parts of an organization, especially in a sales organization, people don't want to talk about the bad news. And so I think that that's one of the things we can do as remarkable leaders is make it safe, mm-hmm. make it okay, make it expected to, uh, to share the mistakes. And the best way to do that is to start by sharing your own mm-hmm. as a leader.
1: As a leader. So your you, you recommends, if I'm a, a newly promoted sales manager, even one that's been doing it for three or four years, to implement this into my weekly or biweekly sales meeting. And go around the horn and say, here are some of the mistakes I made last week, and I'm going to start as the manager.
2: Yeah, if you really if you want people to know you're serious, you've got to share your mistakes. And I don't know that you need to go around and have everyone share one, mm-hmm. but what you want to do is is try and get the big ones on the table. And, in fact, I'd encourage you to get some sort of symbol, get whatever you want, to, get every, whatever you want it to be, and have it be the traveling trophy and say, this is the biggest mistake of the week. So, oh, what's good. the mistake, and then what can we all learn from it? That's the key. It's not it's not the mistake. It's what we can learn from it. Uh-huh. So, I think it's, it's it's a unique way, perhaps, to get people in a mode of learning, and mm-hmm. to get people in a mo- and, and in changing the culture around uh, around sharing and around how we deal with mistakes.
0: We are speaking with Kevin Eikenberry, who wrote a uh, book just came out, in fact, this month in August, uh, called Remarkable Leadership, published by John Wiley & Sons. Before we get back to our questions, uh, how can people get the book and how can people access you?
2: Well, they can get the book and learn all about it, and et cetera, by going to remarkableleadershipbook.com. That's remarkableleadershipbook.com. And depending on when people are listening to this, we're do- we have some pretty um, exciting offers going on right now, um, because we're, we're in the middle of trying to take the book to number one on Amazon.com and overtake Harry Potter. Very so cool. um so that's what, that's what we're focused on right now and that's, regardless of when you're listening to this, you'll always be able to learn more about the book at remarkableleadershipbook.com or at your local bookstore. To learn more about me, uh, you can go to our website, the, the main website for our business, which is com. That's K-E-V-I-N-E-I-K-E-N. B-E-R-R-Y.com.
1: Kevin Very good. Well, sure, our uh, listeners who are junkies for self-improvement in the business sense will go and check that out. One thing that comes up a lot in the sales world, Kevin, is talking about motivation. And a lot of sales managers and VPs and even presidents of companies as the leaders will come to us and say, Brian, Bill, how can you guys help me motivate my team? And I think that brings up a big question, which is, can people be motivated by other people, or is motivation just an intrinsic thing that we just have to learn to tap into? How do you respond to, to that situation?
2: Well, the interesting thing is, I get asked the same question. Kevin, just come in and do some motivation and say, I "Don't do that. Can't do that." And they look at me funny, and I say, "I may be able to inspire people, but I can't motivate anyone else, and neither can you guys, and neither can any leader." What we can do is we can inspire people. We can, we can influence them. We can get them to think about things in new ways that might lead them to motivate themselves because motivation is an internal job making a personal decision. So all we can do is provide insights, ideas, inspiration, uh, education that might help people make a new choice.
0: Kevin, I've got a, a question here on uh, innovation. You know, um, in, in our work with companies, technology is playing such a a heavy role in prospecting and sales process control and uh, just the entire sales cycle technology, whether it be Internet, PowerPoint, multimedia, uh, how customers access information, a lot of times I see managers uh, very reluctant to embrace anything anything new in terms of technology and I, I had it happen to me a couple of weeks ago where the sales team was actually suggesting something technology wise it was going to cost the company all of twenty five dollars a month but the sales manager was very reluctant to that it was almost i almost felt like uh, in this case it was a he he was He didn't want to to go down that path because, in a way, I think he felt like it made him less relevant. Um, First question, and maybe it's two part. One is innovation. Isn't it important that the leader of tomorrow and the remarkable leader innovate? And two, how much ego, how much do you see ego being a part of being reluctant to change?
2: Boy, those are some great questions. First of all, all those people that are reluctant to change aren't listening to a podcast, um, <laughs> most likely. Yeah. Ooh, but, uh, very, that's uh,
0: profound, Kevin.
1: Uh, that's very I, very
2: add, I was thinking very about true. that as you were asking the question. So maybe we're preaching to the choir here. But the first part of your question was how important is innovation to to the role of a remarkable leader or a leader in general? You know, in the book we identified 13 characteristics, competencies of remarkable leaders, and one of those is that remarkable leaders um, support innovation and creativity, and so I absolutely believe that that's, that's critical and important. Think about it this way. If we're trying to, 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 to build more business, to, do, uh, to have greater levels of sales, then chances are we're going to have to do something different to get above the level we're at now, right, because that old definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a new result. So by definition, almost, innovation has to be a part uh, of what we're about as a remarkable leader, as a sales leader, trying to build the business, trying to add to sales, trying to add to production. The second half about ego, I think, absolutely gets in the way for for many people, whether it's around innovation or around any number of other areas, and, and that is that I think for us to be highly effective leaders, remarkable leaders, we have to recognize that it's not all about us. In fact, in the leadership role, by definition, it's not all about us, and in fact, there are a lot of people that have leadership in their title that aren't really much leaders because there's really no one following them. Mm-hmm. So um, it's 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 quite clear to me that that we have to we have to keep our ego in check. And I think one of the best ways to do that as a leader is to have someone, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a peer, or someone that will help um, keep our ego in check.
1: We work with a lot of salespeople, and a lot of people listen to this podcast are salespeople as opposed to sales managers. And mm-hmm. how do the the line salespeople who may not have an interest in necessarily leading the team but still can demonstrate leadership, can you give those people some pieces of advice or a couple of skills that demonstrate how I can lead from the seat that I'm in versus the manager's role itself?
2: Excuse me, I think that's another great question. You know, It's really my belief that all of us are leaders and play a leadership role and need need to do that for an organization to be most successful. So I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to recognize that there is a role we can play as a a person on the staff that doesn't have a leader in their title. So, number one, recognize that it's possible that we can have an impact. And then number two is to look for ways to play to our own strengths to do that in service of the organizational goals and objectives. So, again, it's not about ego. It's about identifying how we can best serve and how we can be, best be a role model to the rest of the organization. And I think those are two awfully good places to start. Mm-hmm. Very
0: good. Kevin, we appreciate you, uh, being on with us today. I know your schedule is tight in promoting the book and, uh, we are, uh, hopeful that we can do our small part in helping you overtake Harry Potter or hopefully, uh, Tony Dungy. Hopefully it'll be Harry Potter <laughs> and not Tony Dungy, but, because we love Tony Dungy here. But anyway, yeah, well, I do
1: too. We love you too, Kevin. We're, we're waiting for him to call the show too, but it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Well, you
2: know what, your sales guys—you probably ought to. Have you, maybe you have to make the call to him.
1: Great point. Thank oh, you very much. True. That was yeah, very, well well trouble, done. Kevin. very well said. Very
0: well said. Hey, good luck with your book. And uh, once again, we're talking with Kevin Eikenberry. RemarkableLeadershipBook.com. You can get all sorts of uh, good information, and he's got a lot of bonuses along with the book. Kevin, thanks for joining us today.
2: It's been my pleasure. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, Kevin.
0: So that was good. Kevin is a—you uh, right. know—Kevin's been around, uh, been hanging around. It's the wrap up. <laughs> been hanging around us, yeah. For many been years, hovering around outside the building for hours. <laughs> Damn time! You wrote a book and had a real reason for being on this podcast. Now, Kevin uh, is a very conscientious guy and a uh, very high integrity guy, and we've uh, been reading uh, his blog over the last couple of years. And uh, so, I would recommend it. You know, we don't recommend a ton of books here, but that, that is one that. Uh, and even if you're a salesperson and have a desire to be in it, some sort of a leader or management role, I think it would be good. Yeah, it probably is also good
1: if you are a salesperson and you want to find a little present or a gift for your sales manager who might need to hone up their skills a little bit, maybe you could drop that on their desk. might be a good thing to do. You're you're always thinking gift, aren't you? Trying
0: to. Every week we come at you with a 15- to 20-minute episode. Call the Advanced Selling Podcast once again. You can call us at 317-722-6299. If you have any kind of a smart comment, a bright comment, intelligent, we'll make sure we get it on the air. You can also go to podzinger.com, and if you want to search on specific content, you just plug in what you want to hear about, and it'll take you right to the podcast and right to the point in the podcast where we talk about that. It's pretty cool. Uh, we're here each week. Education information, email us at listener at com and go to com for back issues.
1: See you next time. Okay,
0: see you. Bye. Back. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast, presented by Caskey Achievement Strategies Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to com or to iTunes.